Welcome to the Brown County Hour. Coming to you from the legendary hills of Brown. Where the plum purple haze, the one nature herself drapes over the hills and hollers, inspires local characters, artists, and nature lovers. It's as though the hills themselves conspire to create a beauty and a culture in the heart of Indiana. Sit for a spell and hear the music, the tall tales, true stories, and current goings-on. Brought to you by folks who still know how to sit by a fire in winter and swim buck-naked in summer. Welcome to episode 31 of the Brown County Hour. This is Dave Seastrom with the rest of the crew bringing you our special fun drive show. We're not just going to ask you for your money. We hope to inspire you with poems from Gunther Flum and Chris Curtin. We often air poems from Carl Wilson, better known as Tram Star. This month, we also share some music inspired by those poems. Tramp Star wrote rustic poetry infused with sentimentality. Tramp was a radio personality, minister, boxer, stunt rider, and the owner of the bar, the Old Hickory, that legend says he won in a card game. We also have another tall tale from Hank Swain, a preface to this year's Tall Tale Tell-Off at our local library on October 26th. And we'll listen to an interview with Brad Cox about the dedication of the Teen Beta Sculpture in Nashville. Dave Seastrom brings us another essay, and Rick Fettick weighs in with some of his unique perspective. It's our pleasure to invite you to episode 31. We'll begin with an essay from Dave Seastrom. Today, we're bringing you a special fun drive edition of the Brown County Hour. Twice a year, we participate in this event to help raise funds for our mother station, WFHB, in Bloomington. The Brown County Hour doesn't exist in a vacuum. We are one small part of a much larger family, and without all of the efforts of every volunteer and all of the donations each of you make, we wouldn't exist. Actually, every program you enjoy on WFHB is dependent on you, the listener. We are Community Radio, and we don't receive government money. We exist because you, the listener, support our efforts. In a good example of what a community can do, I'd like to share a short history of how the Brown County Hour came into being. The idea of funding a repeater that would boost the signal from Bloomington was the germ that began the whole process. As this was discussed by the organizers, the idea of a radio show that would represent Brown County became part of the conversation. This idea met with a great deal of enthusiasm and greatly enhanced the funding efforts. It seemed the time was right, and after many fundraisers and a community foundation grant, the repeater was installed on Lanham Ridge. For the first time, most people in Brown County could hear WFHB on the radio and enjoy all of the programming. Just getting to this point took countless hours of volunteer time and many financial donations. It was only then the work of creating a local program that would tell the stories, introduce the artists and musicians, along with local characters, began. It took an entire year of weekly meetings to produce the first one-hour show, and to everyone's delight, there was a strong public response. Now, in our fourth year of production, we have seen many contributors come and go, and many good and talented people have given their time to make the show what it is. A year ago, we went from broadcasting once every other month to once a month, 
effectively doubling the amount of work it takes to produce the show. In November, we will move to our studio in the new Brown County History Center and begin a partnership that involves recording the personal history of anyone from Brown County who's interested. All of this happened because people believed in the project by donating their time and their hard-earned dollars. This is what community radio is all about. People working together to create something we can all enjoy. Brown County has a long and colorful history, and sharing these stories is an important part of our mission. We are also home to people who represent a wide range of talents, and we bring these voices along with the things they do into the studio where we can share them with you. Over the years, we've enjoyed a full range of music, poetry, essays, and just good conversations with anyone of interest, and we like to think this is what makes our show worth listening to. The producers of the Brown County Hour volunteer our time because we love what we do, but that's not all. We also donate time to help keep the station running by attending meetings, working at events, and one of us even mans the desk at WFHB once a week. But most importantly, we also donate our own money to support the programs we love so much. We look forward to producing many more shows, and we need your help to keep them coming. With over 200 volunteers, we really are volunteer-powered community radio. All of the music, news, entertainment, and informative programs depend on being able to pay the electric bill. And that's where you come in. We're all in this together, and it's each of our dollars that keeps this great programming on the air. In a few minutes, you'll be given all the information you need to donate. Please consider joining the team and adding your own dollars to support community radio in south-central Indiana. Thank you. This is Dave Seastrom with the Brown County Hour. See you next time. Here we have Willie Shut the Gate, words by Tramp Star and music by Frank Jones. Shut the gate That's one boy That I plumb hate How'd he ever Get like that Treating me Like a blamed old cat Oh God's places In the home Dogs by jingle Dogs should roam Willie up and shut the gate on me He's as mean as the meanest lead Oh, oh, mean Willie He's so mean Gates, Mac, 
in my face Doggone that Willie He's as mean As any old gnat I've ever seen I know me and Willie He's so mean How'd you get so mean? Now, Willie says that I'm just a pup And I can go when I grew up But likely in six months or so I'll be too old and stiff to go Wish I was laying, laying dead On my old sack underneath the shed I bet that Willie wouldn't even cry He's as mean as an old horse fly Oh He's so mean Oh, mean Willie How'd you get so mean? I know by doggy What I'll do When he comes home I'll grab his shoe Drag him off into the weeds And bite his finger till it bleeds And scratch his face and tear his clothes And almost kill him, goodness knows Cause he's so mean, he, he makes me sick He's as mean an old dog tit and I said oh mean Willie how'd you get so mean oh now it's Willie and he's at the gate I got to run or I'll be late welcome back to episode 31 of the Brown County Hour Here's Hank Swain with his tall tale, The Death of Sliver Milo. The Death of Sliver Milo, from the Brown County Democrat, July 3, 1939. The Death of Sliver Sam Milo, as reported in the July 1939 issue of the Brown County Democrat, was the result of a most unusual accident. Sliver got his name because of his prowess in whittling and carving wood. He was also known for rope twirling. It was his dedicated hobby, and he could outrope any man in the county. His nickname Sliver came from the unique way he peeled the bark off saplings in little slivers when he fashioned a new cane. His reputation for cane-making was legend in the community. 
The intricate carvings on the canes were so unusual, he was able to market them in the local shop to be sold to the tourists. It was the combination of his deafness with the knife combined with his rope twirling that did him in. His creative mind seemed to be at work at best when he was resting. On this fateful hot summer day, Sliver was sitting on his porch with a homemade beer in one hand, rocking a slow rhythm in his own handmade rocking chair. He observed that he should cut the weeds along the lane to his cabin. The slow rocking had put him in a trance-like creative state. He didn't like the hard work of using a scythe. In a aha moment, it came to him that he should combine his rope twirling skills with his whittling prowess. The result was a prototype of what a later invention we have known as the weed eater. Sliver fastened his carving knife near the end of his twirling rope. He was a cautious man and realized there might be a slight danger from being cut in the shins by the twirling knife as he envisioned how his new invention would work in practice. So he went to his workshop and uh, cut a half lengthwise two empty gallon tin cans after removing the top and bottom lids. Now, by strapping them to his shins, he had two layers of metal to guard against an accidental cut. His invention worked just about the way he had envisioned it. The knife, spinning in a twirling loop, whacked the weeds much cleaner and easier than the scythe. He was having fun with his new invention and began to fancy he should patent the idea. But the more he thought about it, he realized that the only markup might be other rope twirlers, of which in the general population there really weren't that many. Well, he was making good progress down the side of his driveway until he came to an iron gate. He tried twirling to the lowest level to cut the grass under the gate. He became overconfident in his skill with his new machine. He misjudged the blade's clearance to the iron post that supported the gate. The blade ricocheted off the post, cutting the rope in the process. It bounced off the post directly into Sliver's chest. He slumped to the ground, stunned at what had happened. His last thought before losing consciousness was, I should have stayed in the rocker and gone to sleep. Now Sheriff Brannon was puzzled by what he observed upon arriving at the scene. There was Sliver lying on the ground with a knife in his chest, tin cans wrapped around his shins, three sections of twirling ropes scattered about and no signs of a scuffle. What to make of it? Was it suicide? An accident? Or murder? Well, Sliver didn't have any serious enemies that the sheriff knew about. It wasn't like Sliver to commit suicide, but that some of those cane carvings were pretty weird. There was a question about the freshly cut weeds on just one side of the lane with no scythe about. An autopsy showed he died of a heart attack that caused knife penetration. Going through Sliver's cabin after the funeral, they discovered what might have been the last cane he carved. 
Just over the curb of the cane handle was a carved figure of a man with a knife in his chest. To this day, Sliver's death remained an unanswered question to many in the community who knew him. In 1989, Sliver's case was featured on Unsolved Mysteries program on TV. Could any modern detective do any better than uh, Sheriff Brannon? If we could recreate the scene as he found, would today's advanced forensics be of any help? I doubt it. But a good detective with a vivid imagination could probably solve the mystery by wondering why the knife in Sliver's chest had a knot attached to the end of it and a short piece of rope with a clean cut on its end. Any good tall tale detective should be able to figure that out. Chris Curtin brings us In the Forest in the Fall. This is Chris Curtin with a poem called In the Forest in the Fall. A leaf falls along with acorns and other varieties of nut, and occasional branch as the squirrel falls on its prey, a hapless hickory nut, thwarted forever from fulfilling its destiny to stand, grow tall, and proud before falling, a victim of its verticality. As two peckish birds fall to squabbling over some treasure, as the water falls over the rocks, as this day falls with another setting sun, before nightfall brings on the sober commentary of the crickets, who fall silent in reverence as the moon rises on this fall night. Frank Jones shares another Tramp Star-inspired song, Wish I Could Go Back Again. I wish I could go back again And start my life out right Beginning way back yonder when my pages were all white Before I wrote down one mistake or action small and mean I wish I could take a sponge and make my smudged up pages clean I can't go back but if I could all selfishness and strife be erased and only good And love would rule my life A soft-spoken word, a friendly smile Each day some kindness done Life overflowing mile on mile With friends I had one Think certain, knowing what I know And starting out all fresh I'd make a hundred friendships grow And flower to loveliness For I'd blot out from my little book The unkind things I'd said And then I'd write in the space They took some words of love instead I can't go back But if I could all selfishness and strife be erased and only good and love would rule my life Soft-spoken word, a friendly smile Each day some kindness done Life overflowing mile on mile With friends I had one 
I'd rub out all my foolish pride And I'd walk hand in hand With folks I'd driven from my side I think they'd understand That love's there and friendliness My blind eyes could not see And starting out all new and fresh I know they'd walk with me Can't go back, but if I could, all selfishness and strife would be erased, and only good and love would rule my life. Soft-spoken word, a friendly smile, each day some kindness done. Life overflowing mile on mile with friends. Overflowing mile on mile with friends I had one Welcome back to episode 31 of the Brown County Hour. We have another poem from Chris Curtin, One Night Stand. This is Chris Curtin with a poem called One Night Stand. Autumn struts into the room, calling attention to herself with too much makeup, two loud colors swinging her broad hips in an ostentatious public display, leaving little to the imagination. Loud, brassy, garish, and gaudy, full of herself, making impossible promises she has no intention of keeping. Here is our interview with metal worker Brad Cox about the Teen Beta sculpture and his artwork. This is Pam Rader and Vera Gubbs. We're here with Brad Cox. Hi, Brad. Hello. And we're out at his studio in a beautiful location on Annie Smith Road, Brown County. You're not originally from Brown County. No, but I've been here a lot, you know, being a little kid camping and my dad and my aunt always love this place. And I'm from northern Indiana. Okay, so we have canoed this creek since we've lived down here. So for yeah. probably 10 years, right now is a bad time of year to judge it. Mm-hmm. it. It's beautiful. It's clear. It's fast running. It's open. Halfway to Gatesville to here, I've canoed for 10 years before we even knew about this property. I've floated past here and one day I came through the woods here and seen this opening here. It was a dirt road back here, and there was a for sale sign. This would be a great place for a, a nice size pond up here. You know, I just walked over here, and then we got back in the canoe, and, and I called that number just for the heck of it, you know? So we came over and came and looked at it and said it was a great spot for a lake. We're over in our cabin one night after we bought the property. So I'm up there wore out after work and clearing, watching TV, Stephanie goes, Hey, uh, why don't we build one of those on the property? She didn't even know what it was called. She just said those. And she's like, one of those. And I look up on the wall of our log cabin, and we had had this painting for a a year or two, I don't know, you know, a little while. And I said, holy cow, I'm going to build a big gristmill on that property. So then you weren't educated as an artist. No, I mean, I took art class in high school, but that's because Miss Miller loved me. She'd give me free passes any day <laughs> that I asked her. But I, I did like it, but I mean, I didn't really focus on liking it. I just, I became, right out of high school, working with that welding company. And then we went from Fort Lauderdale to Canada, Omaha, Nebraska. You know, we oh went my, all over the place. Yeah. So my intentions were to start working on that property and still do my work that I did for that company. 
you know, because I worked all over. It didn't matter where my house was. Right. So I thought, you know what, I'll just come down here and do that and still go to Fort Lauderdale and do a little job and come back. And then I just got sick to my stomach one day going to work and just wanted to be on that property, working on that property every day. And just, I don't know, it's a weird feeling because I, I did all the big woods, railings, all the big woods, bathrooms and their things and their new brewery, all the beams and all that. The oh, railings nice. at the court courthouse. Everybody says, well, how'd you do it or get into it? I didn't know. You know I, I started going to flea markets at first. I didn't know, you know, when you sit there at a flea market and people say, my brother-in-law can make that. And uh, so I, I learned you got to go to juror shows. And first, first art show ever I did was a story Indiana one. I've done a lot of stuff for the story in out there. All the bar stools out of reclaimed tractor seats and gristmill pulley wheels. You ever been downstairs in the little bar down there? I haven't. I've, I've done 18 different size, shapes, colors of old stools. And then out front, and bike rack out of old 1950s bikes because they had a lot of bikes because of the Hoosier in the forest. Well, it's great that you've been yeah. successful on a dream. Brad Veer and I were at the dedication mm -hmm. Saturday of the sculpture with the Beta Teens. Could you tell us how you got involved with that project? I was at an art show up in Indy and Cindy called me. And she said, Brad, she's like, I know this is putting you on the spot. I got this grant and it's about ready to run out and we thank for the beta teen and, and we want to do a sculpture and, and I got a booth. I got people standing in line at my booth and I'm like, we'll do it. We'll take it Monday. Get a whole thing Monday when I'm done with the show. So mm -hmm. they all came out and we met here and we went over some things and I kind of had an idea of thinking about it all weekend and a kid, of course, the youth playing a guitar or some metal banjo because they do a lot of music not all music up there but they do some music sometimes the time that all this went down was my busiest season of the year mm. october is not my busiest season of the year june and july are my busiest that's my where i make most of my money for the year my income all comes right then you got to get it when you can get it and then all this sculpture thing had to be fit in right at that time mm. so i just drove and met them at the scrapyard of my truck and did how that. do you get your inspiration for all the clever things that are around here you notice almost everything has some kind of squiggy vine or a leaf in it or, or the little nuts made out of the flowers or something. I, I like to make metal things look like they're alive, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, but I have, you know, even my interior things still have like growing things. The cross has a vine growing on it there. And So this display room is open five days a week, seven days a week. People uh, can come out here. Yeah, the mill's open eight. We live on property now, so I got a little headlamp. I meet you out in the dark if you need to in the yard. But, but no, we're, if we're on property and we're you know here, we're open. So. Uh, but you like people to call ahead. I do. So what are the numbers they can reach you at? The eight one two, the nine eight eight. Um, 6690 that is that's actually right by my welding batch it lights up when it rings so um, but that's our studio number that's the mm -hmm. home, home number and then the cell phones 812-344-9967 and you have a website mm -hmm. through the visitor center I have yeah that's my email yeah it's the iron gate by Brad Cox at yahoo.com mm -hmm. is our email and then comes October and the whole studio right. and garden or studio yeah, back tour. Roads tour yeah well, Brad, thank you very much. This has been Vera Grubbs and Pam Raider for the Brand County Hour. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Frank Jones with Tramp Star performing Never Smoked or Drank.
never had no use for pockets Kept them sewed up, you might say Leastways never kept no money Stuffed in under salt away Never smoked or drank or nothing Seemed to us his only fun Was passing out his wages Anyway, that's what he'd done Old no pockets, us folks called him Around Moore's here where he was born The name that we give him carries still The ridicule and love and scorn Common sight to see him standing Down around the picture show Buying tickets for all the children He knew was too poor to go Heard him say once when the time comes And I got nothing to give To the poor folks and the youngsters Well I don't wanna live One time when he was lectured By the Reverend Ira Pound Applied as a shroud got pockets When they lay you in the ground Pockets, us folks called him Around Moore's Hill where he was born The name that we give him carried still The ridicule and love and scorn And that's what fetched him to mind The cash to pay for doing it Was all that he left behind Old no pockets sure did fit him But with him gone up above Name has lost its scorn and ridicule We say it now Say it now with love Old no pockets us folks called him Around Monsieur where he was born The name that we give him and carry still The ridicule and love and scorn Ridicule and love and scorn Hey Welcome back to the final segment of episode 31 of the Brown County Hour. Gunther Flum brings us a seasonal poem called The Ghost of Nalbone. It wasn't Halloween we feared when goblins, witches all appeared, but through the forest and the glen, the ghost of Gnawbone rose again. Why, I remember as a child hearing cries out in the wild, the ghost of Gnawbone, run and hide, lock your doors and stay inside, for if somewhere the ghost is seen, then this is your last Halloween. 
It didn't bother children, though. For Halloween, them kids would go, all dressed up in some disguise, hidden from the gnawbone's eyes. And so the children get away, but only on that special day. For only then upon the street could all them kids go trick-or-treat. For if that ghost knew who you were, you would disappear for sure. So parents keep their children close and give them candy for the ghost, since all the parents all get scared, hoping that their lives are spared. For Nawbone's ghost will cause a fright in mom and dad on Halloween night, and only candy in your sack will make that Nawbone ghost go back. And now, Rick Fettig with the Brown County News. It's been a quiet month in Brown County, though not as quiet as some would hope. Though some areas are off-limits to the public, a handful of people claim to have actually heard some trees fall. The leaves are beginning to turn colors. We're having more and more brisk evenings with absolutely gorgeous days. Tourism has been picking up, so remember, motorcycles are everywhere. Be nice to bikers with bucks. The snakes and other critters are gradually settling into hibernation mode. It's time to get back out into the woods. There was one 911 call of particular interest. From the parking lot outside of the Pine Room, a tourist called in with a complaint of indecent exposure. The man described himself and waited for the officer. When the officer got there, the tourist made contact with him. The tourist started pointing to the east and said, look, look. Would you look at that? That young one is nursing in public. It took the officer a minute to realize what the city slicker was talking about. It seems that the cattle in the nearby field had gathered near the fence by the parking lot. The tourist had never seen anything of this nature and was just aghast. But in fact, one of the calves was nursing in public. The officer pulled out a bandana and shielded the man's eyes, though he kept looking back. The officer explained the nature of the nurturings and walked the man into the pine room. Betsy bought him a beer, the cows walked into the sunset, and the city slicker was a bit more compassionate towards nursing mothers. That reminds me of something that occurred to me recently. I was getting some gas and enjoying the view. A young lady was at the pump next to me. She had a cropped-off t-shirt that was dangling in the breeze as it draped over her chest. Then, as she turned, there it was, staring right at me. From her sculpted tummy, her navel was pointed in my direction. The navel, the belly button, be it an any or an Audi, doesn't get near the respect it deserves. The navel and the umbilical cord is what fed you and me and all our kids from conception until we took our first breath of life, until we became a living soul. Genesis 2-7. There was a congregation that split over that point of whether Adam and Eve had navels, since they were supposedly simply created and not born. The one congregation called themselves the Church of the Navelites. So, Take a little time to appreciate that which fed you in the womb. We have another Tramp Star poem, Dream. Dream. Last night I dreamed that I was dead, with people standing round my bed, but strangely every single one were folks I learned to hate and shun. For some small meanness or some flaw of character I thought I saw, And as I lay there wondering why no friend had come to see me die, I noted that my eyes grew bright, so naught was hidden from their sight. And as I looked and marveled, 
Lo, I saw the soul of every foe. And every soul stood white and clean, and not a one was small or mean, and each had friendliness and grace and kindness written on its face. And so I came to realize their faults lived only in my eyes. And then I heard a soft voice say, Awake, my son, and greet the day. But carry with you, I beseech, the truth your dream has sought to teach. Search out your own sins one by one, and leave all else to God, my son. And now Slats Klug with his own Tramp Star-inspired tune, Guess I'm Old Fashioned. I love a lazy lake sunrise Lavender lights up the sky You're still a beauty in my eyes So staying home suits me just fine you and the frogs and the songbirds I rhyme till the dimming of day Call me a fool but I still love you I guess I'm a fashion that way I love to walk through the dark night Boots sticking in my muddy lane Feel joy at the glow of a soft light Streaming through your window This sweet home we call Curly Shingles With a yard where children can play So sentimental it's true But I so love you I guess I'm old fashioned that way This time is ours 
tuning in to episode 31 of the Brown County Hour, recorded in our studio at the History Center here in downtown Nashville and broadcast the first Sunday of every month at 9 a.m. and the following Wednesday at 6 p.m. You can stream this or any of our shows from our website, browncountyhour.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out our Woodwatch page devoted to informing the public about the situation our forest lands are facing. This show was produced by Jeff Foster, Pam Rader, Rick Fedick, Vera Grubbs, and Dave Seastrup. As always, thanks to Slats Klug for our theme music. You've been listening to the Brown County Hour. Coming to you from deep in the woods of Brown County, Indiana. Celebrating the arts, culture, and nature that make this such a unique community. Visit us online at browncountyhour.com. The Brown County Hour is a production of WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported community radio for South Central Indiana. Take me back, back to my home, Brown County home.